0: On 93.7, the ticket and the ticketfm.com. Hour number two from Buffalo Wings and Rings. 68th and oh we've been here since Thursday. <laughs> <Jenny had. laughs> felt like I slept here. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Next year, we need a cot in the back with uh, blinders and some really soothing music. You know, I already have that. <laughs> I'm not surprised. They got the cot really back there. I'm not stunned by that at all. Jake Sorensen sits next to me. I want to thank the folks from Buffalo Wings and Rings for taking care of us so so well at such a high level over that last couple of days. We appreciate uh, the staff and crew for what they've done, and uh, they've been burdened with a full house for <laughs> for those ten for those ten Shuts, hours a day. Right. Yeah, you know, being able to look, and I'm pretty sure they got they've got a, a busy uh, crowd on the way. Uh, tonight for a Friday night with green beer. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and March Madness. I've had some. I, you know, I see you. I've had a respectable, you know, I've been, I've only had a two. I've only had two today. Well, that's Actually, why I still and pulled and you in. If you had gone to yeah, three, I know, I know, I know that three is is kind of your max. Yep. At that point, you get giggly. and us <laughs> <laughs> get that's kind of fun. You like you get giggly, and I know there's no real way for me to 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 participate. Have you participate? <laughs> uh, four zero two four six four five six eight five is the starter Heyman text line, the Hotter and Hotline. If you want to be a part of what we're doing. Hit us with a what's up, and we'll include you in the conversation. Greatly appreciate it. You can follow us on the Starter Heyman Live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter Live. Uh, we'll have some news about that next week. Looking forward to being able to share all the good stuff that's going on and about to happen here in ticket Ticketland. There's lots going on. Uh, I want to thank the folks for the Mercado. Jake Sorensen, let them know about the Mercado. Oh, my gosh, 84th and Havelock. I mean, if you guys have never been to the Mercado, where have you been? It has all the meats in the world we're talking ribeyes we're talking sirloins new york strips denver steaks all of the above There's seafood dp you've had the had gelato, you've had gelato they've had uh. biltong they got jerky that place is heaven yeah in lincoln you know seven on earth is is today wings and rings for saint patrick's day but every other day of the year going to the mercado and just sitting there and looking at the meat and purchasing is incredible and if you, I'm gonna say, go to Castle Bovina. Upstairs. Go yeah. upstairs and, and and let them treat you right. Like that's top level. Yeah, they're throwing you under the bus. I on see the, on I the tax line. Yeah. They, yeah I mean, what else is new, really, though? I, I just can't believe. And and here's the thing: some people are eliminating themselves from extra prizes. I see that yeah. because because they're they're here talking about us as though we don't know. But the reality is, we're going to get up from this table and start handing out goodies. I'm about to play Santa, and I, you know, I like you playing know, Santa. You know, so Jake, I'm, I'm, let's go ahead and do that. Why don't should you I, go ahead, take I, off the microphone? All right, okay, you handle the and here. I will handle this next segment. You go and make smiling faces happen. In, in case you haven't figured out 937 Ticket, like we like to do, is make folks smile. So Jake is now going to go through this bar and just take care of as many people as possible people that he just you know there some people have been really kind and deserve it some people have been really kind of smug and they won't get any additional prizes as a matter of fact somebody that was criticizing on air actually got extra prizes earlier but we we will forgive them anyway we will forgive them anyway uh the update creighton advances uh they get their win over nc state that's a big win feel free to boo uh, wherever you are in the car or at work or, or at home. Uh, the reports today so far, uh, St. Mary's beat VCU 63-51. UConn is currently ahead by 7, 50-43 over Iona. Uh, up next will be Fairleigh Dickinson and Purdue, Providence at Kentucky, Drake and Miami, Grand Canyon and Gonzaga, and then those games will be followed by, uh, by four games florida atlantic and memphis montana state kansas state kent state indiana and arizona state and tcu uh for the folks in the room yeah i mean if you haven't gotten anything walk yourselves up to jake Sorensen. yeah good go get after him don't let jake get away like there, yeah there's some nice glasses that we have we've got some nice hats to give away uh, some nice T-shirts to give away. Um, you know, we've even got some. We've even got some Beatrice Bakery chocolate grandma's fruitcake. Yeah, I think yeah, that oughta. You know, that's simple enough, and we'll give that away as, before the before the day's over. Uh, lots in play. An update uh, as well. Uh, we we mentioned that Nebraska baseball was having quite the day. They won game one, one to nothing. And in games like that, what happens is often you're building up and saving offense. Well, the offensive explosion has happened. The Huskers currently leave Nichols, lead Nichols 16 to one in the seventh, seventh, seventh inning. Uh, again, home run by Max Anderson. Uh, Actually, two home runs by Max Anderson. Another homer from Bryce, uh, Bryce Matthews. Uh, they are loading up. The Huskers have put up 16 runs so far in the seven, in, seven innings. So uh, I think that as we talk about what's been going on in, in, in sports and what's going on here, Monday is the beginning of football season in Nebraska. Monday's the, Monday's the beginning. This is the, the, the first exhibition of the Matt Rule era. We will finally get some, some idea about what we can expect going forward. Being able to look in, at, at actual formations, drills. I'm, I'm a coach at heart so i often pay attention to drills i pay attention to uh formations i pay attention to uh the 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 plumbing and the wiring more than 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 the outer shell we're finally going to get to see what the work has been from december to march what changes have been made in the roster who looks healthy We'll find out more about some of these folks that are recovering from injuries, folks that are recovering from surgery, folks that are recovering from previous events in their life. And there will be changes to the roster. There will be changes to the depth chart. We'll find out more about the players that, uh, that we've heard about, and then we'll get to revisit players that we've been familiar with. Transfers. It'll be the first look at Jeff Sims behind center. It'll be the first look Uh, at the new offensive line and how it's going to play out. It's the first look at the new receivers room. We'll see the tight end room in a way that we've never seen it before. We'll get to see Thomas Fedoni and see and pay attention Eric Gilbert. We'll get to see the tight end room and see what it looks like. What does Chris Hickman look like as he comes back? Is he healthy? We'll find out what's going on. We'll get to go into the secondary. We'll get to see the first... Images and the first movement of the 3 3 defense that we've heard for about for four months. We'll get to hear some of the comments and the energy and the verbiage from Tony White and Marcus Satterfield. We'll get to hear from them. We'll get to actually see them in their, in their workspace and then actually get to see some of their work. We'll get to actually see Matt Rule coach. And I'm not talking about the promotional stuff. I'm not talking about uh you know press conferences i'm talking about actually on field to see how he controls the masses how does he control the the, the, the group what verbiage does he use what kind of energy are they going to go what pace are they going to move at we'll find out starting on monday you'll find out what who's in shape Who's picked up things along the way? Who has an understanding of what a new offense is going to look like? Who's picked up the understanding of the new defense? For all the things that we've talked about in the offseason, change, being more physical, I'm not sure we'll know how physical this team's going to be by the first week of, of, of spring press. As a matter of fact, I doubt it. But, in theory, if they're going to play the thud, which is, you know, we're going to get physical without taking folks to the ground. We're not going to put people at physical risk. We're going to ask folks to move each other. We're going to ask people to be strong in their stance, strong in their foundation, uh, solid in what they do, know where to put their feet, get the footwork right, get the hand placement right, all of those things. Those are things you can find out, and you can do that and be physical without putting folks on the ground. So what we ask is that, with eyes open we'll get five days next week where we can tell you what, because I think media has access Monday through Thursday and it, those are early morning. so you know there's a lot to be said for going up getting your information first thing in the morning uh, looking forward to it as a matter of fact but the first actual movement for football and it's not, all, it's not going to be all Skittles and, and rainbows. That's not how it works. We're going to look. You're going to look, ask them to remove, remove the makeup? And let us see. I want to know what actually exists. And it'll be fun to see. And, again, it puts us one day closer to April 22nd. I've asked the question several times. I'll ask it again. What will make you happy at the end of spring game? What's the one thing you want to see that you can see, that you can fully expect to see, honestly expect to see at a spring game? Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's a right answer. I'm not sure there's a, I'm not sure there's a wrong answer either. Uh. Mr. Unlimited asked this from the text on how long do you think that the, until they switch out of that three three five? Do you honestly think that they take that into the season? I think they not only take it into the season, but the key to that is identifying personnel to play within that, and then the other side of it is the flexibility of the three three five. The three three five is is a, is actually not exactly the truth you're not exactly going to play three fronts with a five back end many plays but what it offers you is flexibility what it offers you is the ability to adjust and if you're not the most talented defense then being able to 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 hide flex that three three five into a four four three or into a five three front or three five three or whatever you want to flex into based on who you're playing against. What personnel you want to put on the field, uh, and then down in distance. The three-three-five is just how you start. It's not how you line up, and it's not how you finish. in In the coaching game, the, when it comes to football, the easiest person team to block is a team where you know where people are going to be. When you know where they're going to line up, if I know where defensive ends are going to be, defensive ends are going to be. It's easier for me to tee up and, and block at them. I can, uh, I can set my foundation formula to, 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 to meet that. But if I don't know where they're going to be, if I don't know who's going who's to be most likely to blitz, who's going to be strong side, can they flex that defense from left side of the field to the right side of the field with the same personnel on the field? Can they defend the run and the pass play, short pass, intermediate pass, long pass? Can you, can you adjust to those things with whatever personnel is on the field based on what you see? or what you want to dictate. 335 allows you flexibility. It allows you to be fluid. In a run situation with a run set with run personnel on the field. So if you're playing against somebody and they load up with extra bigs, you're able to transition that 335 into a 5 front and match up and you can move your your other six defenders around based on personnel on the field. If they come out with an empty backfield, you're able to flex and be fluid in in how you approach this. If it's a zone read offense that you're facing, it allows you to attack it with different personnel. If you can put a quicker edge Setter who's still solid in his foundation and somebody who can also drop into pass coverage for that outer third, then you've given yourself some advantages that aren't just physical skill, talent advantages you've given yourself some advantage in how you line up against folks and what you show when teams break the huddle versus what you end up in right before snap the 335 allows you to be flexible and fluid in that you can come out. A team will come out, and they may want to run the ball up the middle. And you're in a three-three-five, and they feel pretty good about it until you walk it up into a five front, and then change the gaps that you that you're going to use those 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 five those five up front men for. There's tons you could do with it. So I think they stay in it, at least from a philosophical standpoint. It appears to me that not only is Matt Rule a 3 fan, but Tony White is very comfortable in coaching it, training it, teaching it, and developing it. Feels pretty good about it. 3-3-5, listen, if you, if you have a traditional 11 defenders who play traditional roles, you can be attacked traditionally. But if you're going to force people to attack an untraditional defense and an unfamiliar defense, you're taking away some of their advantage. Now, yes, you can just, you know, there are teams like Wisconsin that are just going to load up and be big. Well, the 3-3-5, you can flex that into an eight-man eight in the box front with cover three deep. That's different. That's a little bit, now, again, that's assuming that you have, you have five guys up front. Who could hold uh, hold off those 330-pound Wisconsin linemen? But with everything in offense or defense, you give something on offense or defense. And the 3-3-5 allows you to be more comfortable in that people aren't your opponents aren't going to know what you're doing all the time. They're not going to know. They'll 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 have to pay attention to the personnel on the field. Is it Gifford on the field? Is it is it Buddha Wright on the field? They'll have to pay attention to who's out there. They'll have to pay attention. Is it, is it Ty Robinson? Is he, is he sliding to the strong side of the field to set, you know, set, set an edge and give you numbers on, on the strong side? Is he going to play weak side to shut it down to make sure there's no cutbacks? What do you do with your linebackers? Uh, you know, Heinrich and, and, and Reimers, we don't know. One, from a health standpoint. Two, what the requirements and responsibilities are going to be. But ultimately, they'll get back to the place where they need to get folks to the ground and they'll use folks up front, and they'll use off-balance schemes to get themselves in position to make tackles all over the field. The 3-3-5 is magic. It is mystical. It is very fluid. There are teams that have success in it, and not all teams run the 3-3-5 the same way. They're They're not running it for the same reasons. Some are doing it to take advantage of specific talent that they have at specific positions. Some are doing it because they lack talent. At some particular or specific uh, positions on the field, it requires, It's like running the triangle offense in basketball. Not everybody has the personnel to run the triangle. Not everybody has the personnel to run read and react because you. It, it's better when you have shooters from the perimeter. But with this three three five defense, and then whatever they decide to do offensively, because as much as we've talked about the three three five, because it's new. The real new thing is that we don't know what the offense is going to look like. We can go and look at film from South Carolina and see what Satterfield did down there, but there's a different type of talent on the South Carolina roster than there is in Nebraska currently. currently. Now, they will recruit to that in the future, and yes, they brought in some speed guys that will help uh, it become the, 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 the South Carolina version that Nebraska hopes for. But then that requires some assumption that the, talent, that, that the speed guys that, they have, uh, that they've recruited and brought in can transition to Big Ten play and Big Ten defensive backs. We don't know what Jeff Sims is going to do behind center at Nebraska. We have no idea. What he ran at Georgia Tech is not, in theory, what he's going to run here. But they certainly are going to implement some of the things that Georgia Tech did because Jeff Sims did it pretty well. So then it becomes, okay, what can we count on? And do you strip all the things that Casey Thompson was good at away from last year's offense? Right, so I asked you in the text line, let me know, what what do you want to see throughout spring practice and through the spring game? What's going to make you satisfied when you, if you leave the spring game, is it more offense, offensive dominance, physical play, running the ball. Do you want them to spend all of their time running the ball? Do you want success offensively, running the ball? What does running success running the ball offensively look like in Matt Rule's offense, Nebraska offense? Is the passing game potent? Can it stretch the field? Will it stretch the field vertically or horizontally? What's going to make you happy? And all eyes will be on the big guys up front. Are they more physical? Are they in better shape? Are they angrier? Are they more talented, more skilled? Are they more connected? Uh, can they get the snaps off? Can they not fumble the ball? Can they not have you know false start penalties? What's it going to take to make you happy? What's it going to be that when you are done at Memorial Stadium, April 22nd, well, tackling, I'm not sure, like, do we, is there, is there a metric for what good tackling is in the spring version of Nebraska football? Because that, that would almost say that we're expecting folks to spend a lot of time putting folks on the ground at spring practice. And I don't know, I don't know whether that's true or not true. But I'm certainly curious about it. Like, I know how, how much people had disdain for uh, the, the, the flag football version of spring football that was played a year ago. And some of that has to do with not wanting to get players injured. Some of that is not wanting to play that sort of, uh, of spring game and have that. If you feel comfortable with your roster size and the depth of talent, you don't mind put guys being put on the, on, the, on the turf. Because your guys can handle it, and it's not a problem. But... Not everybody feels comfortable with that. And, oh, there's the matter of 112 roster spots, 102 roster spots, scholarship spots. Not even roster spots, 102 scholarships. That sometime before, before the season starts, you've got to get that number down to 85. And if you haven't looked at Nebraska's scholarship list, um, it's 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 full it's bursting at the sea so that means that even the roster that we're familiar with won't be the same when by the time we get through summer camp and some have said and, and again you guys can tell me if I'm wrong or not and in, in, in how, how I'm how this is perceived but if they're going to change 17 at least at least 17 current scholarship Huskers and get that number down to 85, one is 85 enough, right? You're going to be happy with everybody. Is that number? Because that means you're not going to bring anybody else in if you only get down to 85. If you're going to bring in two offensive linemen, that means you probably need to get down to 83. If you're going to bring in another receiver, uh, there's another one you got to get down to. Need another linebacker. Well, there's a number you've got to bring down. Need another two, two defensive linemen. Okay. So, let's sake that they have to get it down to 80. That means there's a lot of folks who are not going to be a roster. And then here's the question. If they're making changes in the roster, are they more likely to get rid of people who have not played for them and who they did not recruit? Or... Are they going to be willing to get rid of players that they just brought to Lincoln, Nebraska? There's simplicity in that thing. Are they? Is this new coaching staff, if they need to get the scholarship numbers down, are they going to get rid of new players or old players? <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. We'll toward the break. I'll get to your text. Uh, go ahead over the break and continue to text in. Uh, and then we'll close it out here from Buffalo w- Wings and Rings. 68 0. Folks are getting the prizes. Jake is busy. Uh, he needs a Santa's Elf hat because he's been giving it away over the course of the last 10 minutes. More old school from Buffalo Wings and Rings when we come back.